I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hello and welcome to episode 63 of The Best in the World with Richard Parr, where every week I speak to an Olympic champion, a world champion, a world record holder or a world number one to find out what they do differently to the rest of us to become the very best in their sport. We get a fascinating insight from people who have gold medals. Yes, they are the champions. This week I'm speaking to Nicola Tost. Nicola won the Olympic gold medal in the half pipe in snowboarding at the 1998 Winter Olympics. We haven't had too many Winter Olympic stars on the program before, so it was really good to get Nicola's thoughts on the program. And she really enjoyed being on this show because it actually brought her full circle because this podcast today is coming out on her 40th birthday. So she really appreciated the chance to reflect back on her career at a milestone in her life. So she really appreciated that. And I think we'll appreciate what she has to say as we learn all kinds of different things, including coping with injuries, including training, including diet, nutrition. We also just talk about how she just loves sport and she loves exercise. And we go through all of that in this really good podcast with the 1998 Olympic gold medalist, Nicola Toss. That's all coming up in just a moment. But I want to tell you that this podcast is now part of the Sportachino Network. You can find us all at sportachino.com. All of the previous episodes are there. They're using the ACAST platform and also this podcast is on iTunes and on Stitcher but everything is on the sportachino.com and of course follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Sportachino and then you will always be up to date with what is going on with the best in the world with Richard Park. All right let's get to it let's get to the interview with the Olympic champion Nicola Tost. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Nicola Tost, Olympic snowboarding champion. Welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr. Such an amazing career, going back to winning that medal in 1998 where you won gold in Nagano. But let's find out, what are you up to right now, Nicola? Oh, actually, um, you caught me right on my start for the summer training. I'm on the Canary Islands, and at this moment, uh, I look at the ocean, it's sunny, and 
really warm temperature and I just enjoy being here. Oh, fantastic. I'm very jealous of, the, of that warm weather. <laughs> so uh, being a snowboarder, what, what kind of things will you be training in, in the warm weather? What, what benefits does it bring? Uh, I always love the mix of uh, having a real winter season and a summer season. And um, uh, I believe in um, doing as many different sports as possible uh yeah to keep the variety and uh make your body ready for whatever up to obviously i i was in the freestyle snowboarding and i started when uh quite in the beginning of of uh, um when it came up uh which was really really different to what we see today on tv and on the olympics so we had to find our way to figure out uh what's the best to prepare yeah with, with that in mind for, for those who, who kind of haven't seen the differences between back when it started and now what, what are the main differences would you say at the moment of course uh the half pipes and the slope style courses are way bigger they're really in perfect shape um Back in the days, we had uh, we had to shovel our own half pipes. Uh, there were the jumps were a lot smaller. And what I guess, looking back, what I had a lot, big profit of is uh, when I was a girl, I did a lot of gymnastics and ballet and swimming and like all kind of different sports that uh, strengthened my body and that made me able to also do those artistic things uh, in the pipe. Mm, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, and I see you uh, right now, you mentioned you're doing lots of other different sports. And uh, I see you're doing a lot of yoga. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. I uh, I picked up a couple of things that uh, I kind of forgot over the last 25 years. <laughs> Obviously, snowboarding ruled my life since I was 16. Um, when I started, and uh, I I just fell in love right away with being out in the mountains and in the snow, so snowboarding was my highest priority. And now I just found some time to uh, pick up uh, some some dancing, some yoga, doing yeah, just different movements again, and uh, it it fits really well to a grown up body. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Better than, say, a younger body. Yeah, it doesn't have so much to do with age, but uh, I went through, of course, a lot of great success and, and good times, but I also experienced a lot of injuries, uh, which also caused to stop my freestyle career, uh, like, uh, I think, 20, 15, 15 years ago. Um, I tore my ACL three times mm. and broke my wrist and things that are really normal these days, but back in the days, uh, injuries were not that, uh, that often. And yeah, I just try to, um, I love sports. I love <laughs> being active and move and I just had to figure out sports that fit to each phase of your life you're in <laughs> mm. 
when you would get injured, uh, how would you cope mentally? Are you someone who'd get really frustrated or would you try and make the most of the rest or would you still try and do some form of exercise using your other parts of the body or would you just try and completely rest? Um, I was, uh, ever since I was uh, really passionate and determined about uh, what I loved. And I loved snowboarding so much that uh, my all my focus was on being back on snow as fast as possible. So, um, of course, uh, after operation and listening to what the doctors said, I just uh, try to keep on track and, and do all those things that help to make my body strong and healthy again. Hmm. Were you ever so desperate to get on the snow that you'd kind of defy the doctor's orders he might say oh six weeks but you were back on the snow in four weeks and anything like that um not really it was always uh, tough to stay at home and not move um because i was so used to you know being out there doing sports but i uh, try to yeah try to listen to my body what i could do but also, um, which probably caused the second and third ACL, which happened quite close to the first one, is that the doctor said, you're ready to go. And I was such in such good shape and, and so motivated to ride that my body still knew all the tricks and the things. But uh, the fine mechanics, I would say, and the nerves that react to... Um, bales or some unexpected situations of course they they were um not that that good anymore because i was missing the time on snow and and looking back that's probably the most important thing that uh not only you wait what the doctors say but start slowly and keep in mind even if you feel good if you feel strong if you feel healthy, um, there's still your body needs time to get back to that high level of, mm-hmm. uh, of sport. Uh, and of course, uh, as you mentioned, the the sport has changed since you started it, and, and we've seen so many changes in sport science and diet and nutrition and everything like that in, in the last you know five to ten years, let, let alone when you started your career. Um, are there any things that you know now that you wish you'd known when you started your career? Well, <laughs> um, I just, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I read a fun interview. Uh, I did a lot of, a lot of years ago. And what I, what I mentioned there was, um, I wished when I stopped snowboarding, I could say it was a school of life. And I can definitely say that today. I'm still snowboarding. I love snowboarding. Uh, it's changed as much as I changed over the last 30 years. Um, but uh, it was a school of life, and I went uh, a lot of times. I went through the hard, <laughs> the hard way. So learning by doing and trying things, and that made me successful. But it also caused injuries. So. Um, Probably things I, I'd, I'd love to know back then is that rest 
is part of the training that you need to rest um, to to be as as good as possible. That's probably a big big part I had to learn, and I'm still learning. Mm. So you say that was a big part of your training, but let's get an idea of, of what a typical training day was like for you, Nicola. Why don't you give us an, an idea of, of leading up to a big competition? What would be your, your typical day? Um, yeah, in the beginning, looking back, snowboarding was uh, one of the first uh, fun sports. It was hmm. not a regular uh, professional sport, which it is gladly today. But, uh, of course, it was a lot about having fun, meeting your friends, trying things, um, of course, partying, traveling. It was more of a lifestyle. But um, I came out of the tough school of gymnastics where we trained five days, five days a week, two hours. And it also hurt some time. And where I learned that... Um, if you want to be successful, you have to work for it. So my typical training day was uh, that I went for running and went in the gym and did some um, weightlifting and strengthened my muscles. But not it was it was not so welcome back then. You know, people mm. were looking at you like, "Wow, you're supposed to party." You know, you're you're like, uh, "What are you up to here?" Um, <laughs> So I, of course, I went. I went running. I went uh, went in the gym, but uh, most of the time I spent in the snow and kept on kept on uh, trying out new tricks and and stuff. So as I said before, it was a lot of uh, learning by doing, and I knew um, if I know my body well enough which means when I wake up in the morning and I can uh, I listen to my body and I know is it uh, tired or is it just lazy. So to choose the right, the right uh, training myself without having a coach or someone who, who told me what to do, um, that was an uh, important thing for me. When, when did you get a coach, Nicola? Did you ever get a coach? I never had a coach. My only coach was uh, was in gymnastics and all the sports I did when I was a little girl. And they taught me a lot. But I love to get to know those things myself and figure it out. And um, I studied sports economics and, and sports marketing after my snowboarding career. So I was always really interested in uh, being a coach myself, uh, obviously for my own for my own sport so far. And you're doing it now. Um, I a couple of years ago, like seven years ago, I uh, created a um, snowboarding camp for little kids mm. uh, to support them in ter- in their passion wherever they want to go in snowboarding, either if they want to be a pro or something. Um, and I I didn't coach them in the first way to how to do their tricks or how to do, get better. Uh, what I love is to be a coach in, in the whole package, which means supporting them in doing what they love and believe that they 
what they can accomplish and, and stuff like that. So today I'm uh, more of a, I would say, mental and life coach than concentrating on the sport itself. Oh, fantastic. So what, what, is, what is normally kind of your, your, your top tip when it, it comes to the mental side of sports? Um, you have to find those, those sports uh, that you that make you jump out of the out of bed in the morning. <laughs> so it has to be a passion. Like it has to be something uh, you pick up. You want to pick up regularly, not something that someone else is forces you. Um, so that's the first place. Find your passion. Find what moves you love. Um, and then it's it's the daily practice. I would say, including including the pause, of course, but um, not only doing it like a week intense, seven day a week, and then stop for half a year. It is more keep on doing what you do and be patient in your in your growing and getting better, and that also keeps the fun because those little steps of success those are really important to uh, keep the fun with it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day. Stay at Whole Foods Market. The best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. More from Nicola in just a moment, but I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors. It is Audible. Audible are one of the leading suppliers of audiobooks in the whole world. They've got over 180,000 titles to choose from. It's a product I personally use. At the moment, I'm listening to Mastery by Robert Greene. I'm really enjoying it. I've learned a lot from this audiobook. I've actually got a few stored in my iPhone already to listen to. I think I've got Iniesta's book coming up as well. But I'm enjoying Mastery by Robert Greene. Go and check it out. And in fact, you could check it out for free. Yes, it's a 16-hour audiobook, but you could get it for free. All you've got to do is go to audibletrial.com 
forward slash best. I'll say that one more time. It's audibletrial.com forward slash best. And that way you'd get a free 30-day trial of their product. And that includes one free download. So perhaps that could be Mastery by Robert Green. Go and check it out, audibletrial.com forward slash best. All right, let's return to my conversation with Nicola Tost. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. What about nerves, Nicola? Because obviously a sport like yours can be pretty scary at times. It's it's not... uh, it is for you professionals, but for, for people who haven't done it before, it could be pretty scary. And also from a, a performance standpoint, you know, when you're competing at an Olympic Games, you've got all these eyes looking at you and you've probably built so much pressure for yourself as well through through the work. How, how do you cope with nerves? What what kind of things do you recommend? Uh, there's different types of people. And for me, it was always my goal to figure out how good I can get um, when I have as much time as I wanted to be snowboarding. So it was not getting uh, Olympic champion in the first place. It was more a goal I set for myself, uh, which I wanted to figure out. So being in the Olympics was for myself, I was kind of the same situation than being in any other competition. Uh, that made it a little bit easier to handle the, p- the pressure. Of course, you have to train those situations. So what I learned is if you ride for yourself, just for fun, no one watching, no pressure, no nothing. If you train, imagine, imagining like you know, setting up a vision, oh, if this would be the Olympics now, and it's this one run, which counts. So I go for it now and try how it works work out, works out. So, yeah, it's a lot about training your mental state as well and um, in, in a safe situation. And it's a safe situation, obviously, when... It doesn't matter if you fall or not, you know. <laughs> so we, we've talked about the body and injuries. We've talked about the mind. Now, what about what you're putting in into your body? Now, you said as a snowboarder, everyone uh, refers to it as, as partying and everything like that. But uh, did you think back then about what you were eating or, or could you literally just eat anything? Oh, <laughs> um, no, I... Uh... I, I I didn't eat just anything, no. Um, I try to eat healthy. Healthy is uh, just a really vast uh, definition of eating. There is a lot of theories out there. And again, um, each person has specific things that are better or not so good to fuel your body. So um, I try to keep on that, like, you know, a good mix of, of fresh fruits and vegetables and, and good energy, um, like no, no fast food and stuff. But I was not too strict on that because as well with the eating or the sport or the life in general, it has to be fun as well. You know, mm. if you're too strict 
for a long time. It makes you tired and it loses the fun of life. Um, so I, I try to kind of, you know, find the right balance. Mm. Would there be a particular meal that you'd enjoy the most before a competition? Just before a competition, I, I couldn't eat that much <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, because yeah, I was nervous. Uh, I was not, uh, as I said before, um, to me, the mental game was a lot of learning and a lot of, a lot of concentrating. So my body showed me, um, oh yeah, there's something happening. But, uh, right before the competition, it's, it's important to drink enough and, uh, sleep enough before and have some, good energy bars that uh, are not too heavy to digest. Um, and I try to make sure to always have quick energy with me, like a banana or something, just when it gets too, too tense. Could you normally sleep well before a big event or would you kind of be up thinking about it, worrying about it, being nervous about it, or, or would, you, would you sleep quite well? Um, I, I slept quite well, but this also didn't come just by, by accident. Um, it was more of the mindset that I learned to calm my mind and concentrate on other things in life that it's, you know, that it's not only this, what's important in your life. There's also, um, the life that's going on after that one day and, um, so that that helped me to sleep well and to set everything in in a healthy perspective. Mm. Did you do any meditation or, or anything like that? Not that I knew that I meditated as it's known out there, like sitting there, breathing, doing nothing. I, I got into meditation more and more um, when I grew up and when I got older. But uh, which is really interesting that when I was a little girl or and had my greatest success in snowboarding, I did a lot of things just naturally that uh, looking at it as a coach today uh, were really helpful to make me successful. So um, meditation to me was being out there in nature by myself and, and not to be too distracted from other things like big crowds or, or information <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> that was my kind of meditation. Uh, and today we call it go for a walk in nature and just breathe. Um, I did it and I didn't even know it's a part of meditation. <laughs> so when you've been able to kind of get that mindset of it's just an Olympic Games and you've trained just as hard as other events and, you know, you've kind of calmed yourself down. How did it actually feel when you did become the Olympic gold medalist? Um, it was really overwhelming. I was 21 years, which sounds kind of old for these days because uh, the sports athletes are so young. It's getting younger and younger. But uh, I guess I just got thrown in, into this huge, uh, yeah, in this huge happening, which 
I never expected before to even be part of it. So what I remember is uh, I stood down, down there when, it, when I knew I won. Um, a lot of pressure went off my shoulders because even if it, no one knew out there within the snowboarding scene, um, yeah, I, I had a good chance to win because I've, I've been winning a lot of other World Cups before. Um, but my biggest personal winning or success was that uh, I got a tough injury right before the Olympics, like two months before I couldn't train. I bruised all my ribs and everything. So I wasn't even sure if I come and I, I arrived just two days ahead of the comp and I didn't feel well and I didn't feel comfortable with my riding and it was a big, big struggle. So being able to show two good runs that made me win this huge event was so much more than just winning the Olympics because it was a really extraordinary situation before. Wow, that's really interesting. I've obviously interviewed over 60 Olympic and world champions on this show and you're not the first person to have got an injury right before the Olympics and still won gold. I had Mahe Drysdale, a rower, and he was injured just before the Olympics and he then went on to win gold. Same with another swimmer uh, called, uh, called Lenny Kraselberg just before the Olympics. He had a bit of an injury and then went on to win the Olympic Games. And by talking to them, they mentioned that part of the reason they think they were able to still win gold is actually because by being injured, it gave their body a little bit of a rest while other people are kind of working even harder towards the games. And actually the body needs to rest a little so they can put that full performance on the day. Is there any truth to that for you, Nicola? Yeah, that uh, I can relate to this quite well. It's also that it naturally takes off pressure you mostly put on yourself because you, you know you're not in the best uh condition to uh, to show what you're able to to perform um so you're probably going into that competition a little bit relaxer um others that are let's say i trained for this like four years and just a week before i'm i'm making sure i'm on the you know the highest peak of everything you know of my my training and yeah, I it's it's the body rest, but also a mental a mental rest you get and taking off pressure, which oh. is quite helpful. Yeah, well, it's been absolutely amazing talking to you, Nicola. We've got a really good insight of the body and the mind of what makes an Olympic champion, what makes an amazing snowboarder like yourself. It's been really good to talk to you. Just before you go, why don't you let us know where we can find you on the internet to con to continue learning from you and, and being inspired by you, please? Yeah, I have, I have my official Facebook page and Instagram page and you're welcome to follow me if you search for my name. And there you'll find also a couple tips for, you know, what makes all around a happier life. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to follow. 
I will definitely do that and I'm sure the listeners will as well. Nicola Toss, thank you so much for being on the program and thank you for being the best in the world. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thank you. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Yes, as I mentioned, I had a great conversation with Lenny Kraselberg and Mahe Drysdale, as I discussed with Nicola. Go back and check them. All of the archive is at sportachino.com. It's also on iTunes. Please give us a rating and review and subscribe to us on iTunes if you're not already. We have had one snowboarder on the program before. It was Gretchen Blyler. A really fun chat with her. Go back and listen to that. It's all part of the archive. I think that's about episode 30 32 I'll, I'll check it out but you should go and listen to it there's lots to learn from Gretchen Blyler and we'll be having more winter olympic stars on the podcast coming soon of course their season's kind of ending so that gives them a little bit more free time to have a conversation with me on the best in the world with Richard Parr so we can learn a little bit more about them. If you've got any questions or if you've got any stars you'd like to learn from, reach out to me. I'm on Twitter at Richard underscore Parr. All right, next Wednesday, we will have another Olympic superstar or a world champion or a world number one or a world record holder that you can learn from here on the best in the world with Richard Parr. But until then, Have a wonderful week. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.